All right, uh, time now to uh, get to the Ballyhoo's guest line. Bring in uh, Tim Murray from Vison, who's got some Stone Cold Locks and NASCAR this weekend at the Daytona 500. Uh, good enough to give us some time this afternoon. You guys uh, surviving after the Super Bowl, Tim? Yeah, man, things rolling along. Sorry, I was uh, just uh, getting ready to rock and roll, but uh, yeah, we're we're built for this. We're built for Super Bowls and things like that. Uh, <laughs> so we're we're uh, we're rolling, man. We're ready. Uh, it's pretty quiet right now, and uh, we'll be uh, up and running here in like two weeks for uh, for March Madness to get get thrown here. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, I know you've been doing a lot of college basketball. You've thrown us some good college basketball uh, winners over the last several weeks. Uh, what what kind of strikes your fancy this weekend uh, when it comes to college hoops? Yeah, pretty good weekend. Uh, the biggest game is going to be Marquette and UConn. That's tomorrow at three um, tonight. Uh, just to kind of run through it. Um, really curious about VCU tonight. Um, you know, VCU uh, hasn't played since last week, but I, you know, I do like to fade teams coming off of big wins, and you know, for them, none bigger than that ugly win. They got it though uh, against Dayton last Friday. So curious how they'll be out there in St. Louis. St. Louis has kind of been a disaster this week uh, so far this season. Excuse me. So mm-hmm. uh, St. Louis is catching five. Uh, kind of interesting. I know a lot of, uh, I don't think in the state of Virginia, you could bet on Virginia schools. So right, I guess right. we can uh, move on from that one. Uh, good mid-major one tonight. Uh, New Mexico, San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State laying six and a half. But yeah, for tomorrow, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hit on the UConn game first. So uh, pretty big spread spread here uh which which makes me nervous just from a a standpoint where i think marquette might be a pretty popular play from a from a dog perspective which always makes me nervous but shaka smart scott as an underdog since he got to marquette really even before that at vcu at texas uh he's been phenomenal in the dog role this year marquette's been an underdog five times they're four oh and one against the spread uh in those uh in those five games with four outright wins the only non-cover was a push against kansas out in uh against purdue excuse me out in maui in the maui invitational championship uh dating back to last year they've now covered uh six of the last seven times as a dog but the last time they didn't cover was actually at UConn last February when they got beat up pretty good. So uh, big number there, seven, seven and a half. Kind of like the dog in that spot uh, on Saturday, but uh, a whole bunch of games that are kind of intriguing from a from a betting perspective. Uh, I think Oklahoma uh, going up against Kansas at home. Uh, Sooners are going to be uh, our one point underdog there. I think that's kind of a an interesting spot to uh, to look to back Oklahoma, but uh, yeah, a lot of spots uh, this weekend that are that are kind of uh, intriguing from a from a point spread perspective. All right, so uh, in Vegas, help me understand uh, what what you can bet on here with the All Star Weekend. Do these like competitions actually have lines? Do you, is there actually an ability to bet on these things? The only thing you can bet on, Scott, is the three-point competition. Okay, uh, that's the only thing because that's no a, judging. Right? There's no judging. Yeah, no uh, judging, so yeah, right? you can actually bet on that. I was gonna try to, uh, but not every shop is putting those up. I was gonna see if we could find some yeah. lines. I do know that uh, one shop put up the uh, Sabrina Anescu versus uh, uh, Steph Curry line. I oh, think nice. Steph Curry was like minus two fifty favorite against uh, Sabrina Anescu. I haven't seen lines yet, but yeah, we will be able to bet on uh, on the three-point competition. There, now look, different states, I don't know, I can't speak for Virginia. Sure. I know here in Vegas, you cannot bet on the dunk contest, but 
there are going to be some spots, whether it's offshore or not. Uh, I think I saw Mac McClung is the favorite at a couple offshore shops for the dunk <laughs> contest, if you want to go that route. I was surprised personally uh, that Jalen Brown, who's a pretty big star, yeah. is actually going to participate in the dunk contest, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, I did yeah. see a couple odds out there. Uh, I believe um, I believe Jalen Brunson is the favorite to uh, to win the three-point competition uh, not Jalen Brunson, excuse me. Uh, Damian Lillard yeah. is the uh, favorite to win the three-point competition this weekend. I was just going to pull it up. Uh, I think DraftKings has some lines. Here we go. DraftKings has lines. Uh, Damian Lillard plus 425. Ty- Tyrese Halliburton plus 450. Uh, my partner tonight, Jonathan Von Tobel, who is our NBA guy, took a little Malik Beasley at plus 650. Wow. So take that for what you will. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, didn't he win it last year? I think he did. Uh, he's, uh, Cat, he's, yeah, he might've won it last plus year. 650. And then, uh, yes, yeah, Steph Curry is minus 220 against Sabrina Inescu. I don't know how we could do it, but, uh, uh, maybe we could bring Caitlin Clark. Can we fly her into Indianapolis? That would be fun. No uh, doubt. Strike while the iron's hot. Let's bring her <laughs> out and uh, get her in some of these competitions. Yeah, Cat won it last year. Yeah, that's interesting. He's, he's a so big far dog. Back. Yeah, he was a, he's plus a huge 650. dog. That's weird. Yeah. Something smells fishy. Maybe you know, man. I don't know, maybe he's just there to have fun. I, I don't think know. that's what you got to do. I think you got to just if you're gonna bet these, I mm-hmm. think you just you you take a little. Uh, I mean, they're all plus money. Yeah. Um, so you take a little flyer on some of these. Yeah, I remember Cat last year. Uh, you could have got a really good price on him. I want to say he was like t- twelve or fourteen to one or something insane yeah. like that. Uh, and uh, he ended up winning it. So yeah, we will see. Uh, but. Uh, and then uh, as for the All-Star game, it uh, looks like the West is the favorite, minus two and a half. A total of 364, Scott. Wow, that's yeah. it? Yeah. 364? I was thinking it would be at 400. I was sure well, there was going to be remember, they got the, uh, they got the, the Elam's ending, right? So that always affects mm-hmm. the total a little bit. That's true. That is kind of goofy how they do that. Um, Tim Murray at 1. Tim Murray on the X from Beeson. Um, game night, the show at uh, 6 o'clock tonight or Eastern time. On Vison, um, I, I know you're a big NASCAR guy. It's um, me. <laughs> so, what do you make? I mean, they got Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, are the betting favorites. If I'm reading this correctly, um, from from what I'm seeing on one of the apps here, what am I on? I'm on FanDuel. Uh, Denny Hamlin, others. Have you? Have you, do you is there a lot of? Let me ask you this: Is there a lot of NASCAR uh, betting that goes on at Vegas? Uh, we're gonna have um, a. Uh an odds maker on tonight. I will ask him that question. Okay. I would imagine Daytona uh, would get the most mm-hmm. handle of any of them. Um, I do know, uh, you know, it's kind of like golf betting top five, yeah, top, top tens. Yeah. So kind of yeah. go. Um, yeah. So right now, as you alluded to, uh, Joey Logano, your favorite nine to one to win it, plus one fifteen, top five. Denny Hamlin ten to one. Brad Keselowski also ten to one. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's about the extent of it that I have. Uh, I meant to reach out a buddy of mine, Todd Furman, uh, who, uh, hosts a gambling podcast. He's just some CBS stuff. He's a big NASCAR handicapper. So, uh, I meant to, I meant to reach out to him. Yes. Uh, I believe I'll give him a selfless plug here. His his podcast is called stay green. So if you want some gambling podcast or gambling nuggets on NASCAR, I'll point you in that direction. But, uh, I can honestly say. I have never bet on NASCAR in my life. But have bet you bet a lot. on like cricket? Like, what is the weirdest thing I've you've bet, bet on? <laughs> weirdest thing I've bet on um, during the pandemic, I was definitely betting on some weird stuff. I never got into the table tennis betting. Okay, good move. All right. Um, that, that was incredibly rigged. 
Um, I mean, obviously, I don't think it's weird, but I guess some people might think it's weird. I love betting the NFL draft. I think that is one of the, my favorite events to bet each and every year. Interesting. Um, I bet some. Uh, I bet some. I think I bet some winner, like some summer Olympics stuff. Okay. Oh, I de- I definitely bet on lacrosse last year in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> When Notre Dame was making their run, really? so uh, yeah, wow. well, I did wow. a little, did a little lacrosse action. So I guess that would be pretty weird for uh, anyone across the country outside of someone from Maryland yeah, to bet on right, right. Uh, men on lacrosse. And let me college ask- base. By the way, I'll tell you this: yeah. uh, one of the sport that's really rising in popularity uh, from just a, a visual standpoint. And yeah. I heard it in the update: college baseball. Man, yeah. I, I really think college baseball. Uh, I know a couple really good college baseball handicappers. Really, I don't. I don't really dabble into it until later on in the year. But uh, I think that's a sport that I think from a, a from a gambling perspective, I think there's going to be some more popularity with college baseball. If I had to guess, that's just a, a hunch interesting. There. Well, I know the I know the baseball coach at Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> he was quite yeah. a gambler. He was a big fan of it. Yeah, he was a big, he was fan, a big of fan of it. It kind of cost him his job, but anyway. <laughs> hey, so speaking of the draft, though, when will those those futures be put out, or we are they it. there? Are they there now? A couple. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. uh, it's slowly coming out. So I will say this, and yeah. I, I'm being honest when I say it. You yeah. could ask an odds maker. Yeah. Books hate betting the draft or hate booking the draft. So I'll tell you, and I'll give you the odds here in just a second, uh-huh. but. Um, the reason they do, Scott, is we're on the same playing field as the books, right? It's yeah. it's a, it's an information based event, you know. When it comes to you know any other event, the Super Bowl, et cetera, football games, they have a power rating, they have a base where they sit, they'll move according to you know sharp action, and they'll take a stance. And all, all in all, you know, I felt like the books. Uh, mostly needed the the Niners, and they took a stance, and yeah. ultimately they lost, right? But right. at least they have a power rating, they have a baseline. You know, they're comfortable where they stand in that regard. They hate booking the draft, and you can ask any odds maker in Las Vegas; they'll tell you it flat out to their face. They don't like booking it. It's mainly for sharp action. Recreational betters don't get involved, so they'll put it up for. You know, there was one shop in town. I swear, last year put it up for a day, just like put it up. Took some bets, took it down. And, uh, you know, so uh, that all being said, I think with Commander fans, it gets interesting because um, there's a uh, a market out there of who will draft which player. And you could look at Jaden Daniels. You could look at Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is minus 400 to go to the Bears, which makes sense. But he's yeah. minus 900 to go number one overall. Why? Because they're baking in the possibility that Washington could trade up the one and get Caleb Williams. So Caleb Williams to go to Washington is plus 250. And then if you keep going down, Jaden Daniels to go to Washington is plus 165, which I think is pretty interesting. Uh, We've seen a movement a little bit, nothing too crazy, but we've seen a decent movement this week, Scott, for Drake May to go to down to minus 140. It was as high as, I want to say, minus 200. And Jaden Daniels is now plus 120. So we've Hmm. seen a little bit of movement. Now, remember, just full disclosure, the draft market moves like the like like a leaf in the wind. It is like one bet and they're gonna move it. Like okay. they they are very finicky. They're very they they move on mock drafts. Right now, let's be honest, February sixteenth, there's really not any inside information. Washington does not know what they're going to do. Right. Now come early April, they very well might know what they're going to do and we could talk more about that then, but 
Um, you know, but it is interesting. We've seen a couple of mock drafts come out this week that have Jaden Daniels going two to Washington, and we've seen a little bit of movement now uh, in that number two market down to plus 120 for Jaden Daniels. Very cool. Well, our guy, uh, I think our mutual friend, Davey Siegel, is going to be on with me at, at 6. Oh, at my NASCAR. man. He knows NASCAR. He knows NASCAR. Yeah, he's going to come on at 6, so we'll do some NASCAR, see if he's willing to bet on any of this stuff with us. But uh, anyway, always good talking to you, Tim. We will uh, look forward to talking some college hoops next week as well. All right, Scotty. Appreciate it, man. All right. At one, Tim Murray on the X from Beeson. Good enough to give us some time here on the uh, program as he did throughout the football season. We're going to keep rolling through the final four as well. All right. Uh, at five, by the way, you want to know who's in the bubble. You want to know who's in. Do you want to know how many ACC teams should feel comfortable at night when they go to bed? Uh, all that from Patrick Stevens from the Washington Post who would join us at five o'clock. We'll do some bubble talk uh, with him on the program then. All right. Coming up. Uh, yesterday, Joe Witt was uh, a just a soundbite machine at the Commanders press conference, and Cliff Kingsbury describing his ideal quarterback was uh, something to hear, too. We'll get to all the, the ear candy from that next here. Scott Jackson, Joe Pride, Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED. All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. If you want to um, hit us up, you can always join the program at uh, the Ballyhoo's phone line at uh, 757-687-9494 or the uh, text line 757-687-9494. If it sounds like I said the same thing twice, I did. It's the same number, uh, either phone or text. So there you go. We're tricky like that. We make it easy for you. All right, so yesterday while we were on the radio, James, uh, we, we obviously didn't – we heard Cliff Kingsbury prior to going on the radio. Then uh, while we were on the radio yesterday from uh, Chartway, Joe Witt Jr., the new defensive coordinator for the uh, Washington Commanders, had his time on the podium, and apparently he was way more entertaining than Cliff Kingsbury. And here's a little bit of some of the highlights about the from the uh, new D coordinator comes over from the Cowboys. The way that we live is not for everybody, okay? It's not, all right? Because we're going to run and put our bodies on people in a violent manner, all right? The structure doesn't matter to me. The main thing that matters to me is are we going to be arriving violently, all right, and we're going to turn the ball over, all right? We're going to make sure we disrupt these quarterbacks. You'll hear me talk about this all the time. The ball is life, all right? And so we it's like air, and we got to have it. We got to get it. Um, as coaches, you know, when you start to lose sometimes, Coaches start to stay later, you know, and and my thought process is because I don't care if we won. We, I've been on 20 get win, wins in a row, and I've lost six in a row, okay? Um, I go home the same time because I'm giving you everything I have, everything I have every time. So when coaches started to stay later after we've lost two or three games, man, you, 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 were, you were cheating us. If you don't do it the right way, you're going to get called out on it, okay? There's only one way to do it, and that's the way that we want it done. And if that's not – the way that you want to live, that's fine, okay? All right, you'll probably be somewhere else. It's my family, it's my football, and it's really just uh, my faith in God. And other than that, <laughs> I'm a simple guy. I'm a country boy from Alabama. That's all I am. All right, so I like ball is life. That is good. The ball is life. It's kind of like ball is life, you know, it's just a basketball thing. But the ball is life, right? And arrive violently. I think that's the new mantra for the show. I think that we're going to arrive a, at three o'clock violently every day. That is a front of the t-shirt, back of the t-shirt type of thing, right there. Arrive violently. That's what I want to go for for now on, from three to seven. We're going to arrive violently for the four hours. Damn it! <laughs> I love it. 
I'm As thinking, Joe Witt won the press conference. I'm thinking ball is life on the front and ball arrive violently arrive on the violent. back. Yeah, there I like go. it. I like it a lot. So that was it. I mean, look, the defensive coordinators, let's be honest, they're always the better talkers. Oh, of course. They're always the guys. Again, they're the leaders of men. They're the leaders, okay? These offensive guys, a little whizzy, you know, play calling and stuff. They're never going to be, you know, they're never going to have the great sayings or any of that stuff, you know. They got to come off like they're real smart all the time. The, you know, the, the, the defensive guys are just cut through the nitty gritty. We're arriving violently. The ball is life. That's what we're talking about. So love it. All right. So that was Joe Witt Jr. yesterday. So I did see, um, you know, all these Cowboy fans have given us crap lately. Oh, you're taking all our coaches. Well, it took a couple of them, right? It wasn't like we took seven. Right. I think it's three, right? Because like the tight ends coach maybe came over from Dallas too. Is that what it is? Or am I, am I, am I getting my coaches confused at this point? Anyway, it's it's obviously Dan Quinn is Joe Witt Jr. are the main guys that came over from Dallas. But now I see um, the uh, commander's defensive line coach, former defensive line coach at this point, is now going to Dallas. So apparently he's a two-way street. His coach Z is headed that direction. And, of course, you know, all of the Washington fans now are, you know, like, oh, good, you can have me. Couldn't get anything out of all those first-round picks and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Coach Z was fine, all right? Leave him alone. He was all right. Coach Z wasn't the one drawing up the stupid defense, okay? So leave leave him alone. But anyway, so so it did go. There's a little bit of uh, traffic going that direction. And I guess Ken Norton Jr., people are trying to say, I mean, he's, he hasn't been in Dallas for a while, but, yeah, he was a Cowboy I get it. I mean, he was also a Niner, too. So, yeah, you know, right. You know. And most recently a Seahawk. So, anyway. Yeah, so they took some Cowboys, guys. You know, whatever. We'll see if it matters uh, when it all said and done. All right, so yesterday, also, we had discussed it a little bit on the show about, you know, Cliff Kingsbury. They tried every which way to get him to talk about, you know, Caleb Williams versus the other quarterbacks. And uh, here was another question for the new OC about what are the attributes that he likes from his quarterback? Uh, the Chiefs quarterback? That'd help. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I do think the game, as you can see, you watch those guys, Brock and him at the end, like when the money's on the table, you got to be able to make some plays um, with your feet, move around enough to escape a bad play. And it doesn't mean you got to run like Lamar or Kyler Murray, but you better be able to move a little bit and um, buy yourself some time. So there you go. He basically just described the top three quarterbacks in the draft. Yep, well done, Cliff. Because <laughs> they all buy themselves some time, right? They all can run and buy themselves some time at some point. All of them, all three of them can. Caleb, um, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. I mean, he just put them all in the same category, which is true. Of course, he first said he wanted the Chiefs quarterback, his former college quarterback, uh, Patrick Mahomes. And who doesn't want him? That's probably never going to happen, Cliff, unless you go work for Andy Reid. But anyway, what uh, his bigger point is, uh, is true for the NFL today. I mean, it's very difficult if you don't have somebody that can at least move a little bit. And even Brock Purdy, who is certainly more uh, comfortable, just, you know, one, two, three, drop, boom, showed over this last season that he's, he's found ways to, you know, use a little bit of his mobility to better his situation, too. He's he's been an off schedule guy a little bit. Even Kirk Cousins shows you got some off schedule nature to his game. And there's very few quarterbacks that are flat out, you know, non you know that don't have some type of athleticism now. Um, or, or if you do, they're probably a backup, right? Like they're not they're not somebody that's going to play because you have to have some form of athleticism to play the position now. Because offensive line, if people haven't been paying attention, it's gotten worse 
offensive line play has really dropped off. It's only going to get worse, too. Got news for you. Seven-on-seven football, not exactly uh, real good for offensive line play over the years. But, you know, again, quarterbacks that can move, quarterbacks that can buy themselves some time, that's important. Uh, But, yes, do you also need to be able to – Read defenses, throw the you know throw the football in time, throw people open. Of course you can, of course you do. But this this day and age, and most of these guys coming out. I mean, really, Michael Penix is probably the closest thing to a pocket passer. Yeah, pure you know because he does not run particularly well or much anymore because of his knee injuries over the years. Um, you know, I wouldn't consider Bo Nix a big big scrambler either, but he, he can move a little bit. I mean, both of those guys can, but it's not something that's going to be on a top of their resume when you start looking at uh, people breaking their games down going over these next few years. But the guys at the very top of the draft, yes. I mean, those three particular players, that's what they do well. And, you know, in the case of Jaden Daniels, as we've discussed over and over again, can he actually put on some weight because he's very thin right now and – not, not, I'm not looking at his 40 time at the combine. I don't care, or he won't because he won't run the combine. Never mind. Or at his pro day, they honestly need to time him to the sideline. <laughs> how quickly can he get out of bounds, and how quickly can he get to, and, and can he slide like a, you know, like a real, real NFL quarterback slide, you know, to protect himself. Don't I'd go rather, head first, no head first. Yeah, slide. I'd rather watch him slide at his pro day than get his 40 time. <laughs> quite frankly, <laughs> that's what he needs to show us. Can he slide so he can preserve himself? Uh, that's what he needs to show. But yeah, I mean, but Penix and Knicks, they're not what you would call as as mobile as those other three guys. But, you know, Knicks had some big running numbers. I think he had like 14 touchdowns as a runner in his junior year, or I guess would have been his fourth year, his real senior year um, at uh, Oregon, and then had another six, I think, this season too. So he, he can do it a little bit, but that's not where he's going to make his living. I mean, obviously none of them is going to run like Jaden Daniels. And Caleb Williams is more of a run-to-extend guy, you know, scramble-to-extend guy versus just take off. But when he did take off, kind of like Mahomes, and I know we got to be careful with that. Uh, there's too much of that with him description-wise. It's not fair. But kind of like Mahomes, when he does run, you can go, oh, crap, he's actually got a little bit more – yeah, more of a burst than I thought. Like he he has shown that too, uh, in in the college game. So it'll be a while. There's gonna be months and months. Well, actually, two more months of breaking down these three guys and the other two at the back end, and of course JJ McCarthy, the wild card of all this stuff. Before it's all said and done. Speaking of JJ McCarthy, his college coach, uh, who is now um, in Los Angeles, is already adding to a little bit of the hype uh, for the preseason of football. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, also. Man, uh, bad news for the uh, folks that uh, are making PEDs these days. We'll get to that as well. Scott Jackson, show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident? Call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. James Witham's got your sports center. All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law here, the Friday edition of the program. We will uh, get to a little bit of a bubble watch look for the NCAA tournament at five. Patrick Stevens will join us then from the Washington Post. Uh, right now uh, in the football at four, uh, the odds are out on DraftKings Sportsbook for NFL Coach of the Year 2024 season already. And guess who's got it better than Jim Harbaugh? Nobody. He's got the best odds to win it. He is the favorite. Jim Harbaugh, who's been out of the NFL since uh, 2012, right? Is it 2011, 2012, 2013? Uh, He's been out of the league that long, yet here he is. 
Uh, he is back in it, and uh, he is the favorite winner of the coach of the year. It's just like getting on a horse, right? Just jump back on for Jim Harbaugh. He is in front of Matt LaFleur, who, let's be honest, Matt LaFleur, for a lot of us, I'm raising my hand because I think I'm one of them, uh, was his first year really being able to truly run the Matt LaFleur offense in the Matt LaFleur system in Green Bay. He oh, didn't have to cater to, you know, Aaron Rodgers anymore. This was his team finally. His his, you know, his kind of brainchild of the offense this is what the Matt LaFleur offense looks like. So LaFleur, uh, he's second in the voting at plus eight hundred right now in terms of odds, I should say. He's at plus eight hundred. But again, behind Harbaugh, who has been out of the NFL for a decade. Uh, Raheem Morris is at 10 to 1, the Falcons coach. Shane Steichen, who had a really good rookie season with the Colts, 14 to 1. Robert Sala, really? Uh, 14 to 1, because <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is really going to save him. Mike McDonald, or excuse me, Mike McDonald, uh, the Seahawks coach, is also 14 to 1. D'Amico Ryans, who probably uh, could be. Crying foul from this year, not winning it. Although yeah. against Stefanski, did win with four quarterbacks. Um, Sean McVay, who's always in the list at eighteen to one. Matt Eberflus at eighteen to one, and Dave Canales. Really, who's drinking that Kool Aid at twenty to one? Although, what would be like if you won four games? If you won five games, of the Panthers that make you coach the year material. Does putting up with Dave Tepper count? Because if it does, well, then listen, maybe he should have high, better odds. Well, listen, if he makes it through the season, right? I mean, then he's doing better than most See, of these See, now guys. that's the qualification right, right there. For, for David Tepper, if you make it through year one, then, man, you're, you're, you're on to something here. He made it to the end. He's the coach well, of the listen, year. Well, listen, I know they only won three <laughs> games, but, man, he made it a full season with uh, David Tepper. He's the winner of our coach of the year honors. So, anyway. Oh, uh, boy. 757-687-9494. I could see that, though, right? I mean, I could definitely see uh, Harbaugh. Again, he's he. I think there's a ability that for them to have a quick turnaround. You got Herbert, already ready-made quarterback. They do have some cap issues. Clearly, they got to make some tough decisions. I don't think Mike Williams or you know Austin Eckler are going to be part of yeah. this team. I think you'll probably figure out a way to keep Keenan Allen around. Um, you know, they'll, they'll add some people too. You know, they're going to you know have to make some decisions on the defensive side some of that money, but I, I totally can buy into the Harbaugh juice. And and LaFleur, again, uh, this was his first full year. No Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you had a really nice finish to the season with the way Jordan Love played. I, I can buy into that hype uh, as well. Remember, they you know they beat the Lions pretty good on Thanksgiving Day, so I, I can buy into the LaFleur hype as well. And now they've, you know, hopefully they're upgrading their defense by, you know, addition by subtraction by get moving on from good old Joe Barry. Uh, anyway, thoughts on that? 757-687-9494. You can hit us up via the uh, Ballyhoo's phone line. Also, uh, the text line as well. And Raheem Morris is an interesting one just because, I mean, they were, you know, they were in that 500-ish range without a quarterback. I mean, but where the Falcons are this year, we don't, you know, we don't have any certainty they're going to get a quarterback. We think they're probably going to try to. It doesn't mean they're going to get it out of the draft. I guess, you know, Justin Fields potentially. Although, man, there is so much. Have you noticed the Steeler hype about Justin Williams? Or Justin Fields, rather? Yeah, that's, that's, that's escalated very quickly. It really has. I mean, you know, I can't turn on one of these NFL shows without some type of Justin Fields, the Steelers convo going on. And what will be interesting is to see how quickly – the Bears, you know, tell us what they're going to do, right? Like, because I would imagine coming out of the combine, and I think this is where mo- usually most of these, you know, trade rumors start brewing 
Uh, and obviously trade talks start there, most importantly, and that's how people start finding out some things because agents talk that we'll find out that, yeah, he's in fact in the market, number one. Number two, here are the you know handful of teams that are interested in him and what's the asking price or what what's the best offer. You know, I've, I've seen some people recently throwing it out there who cover the NFL. I'm not just saying they're just doing it willy-nilly, and it's not just like, it's hey, the Bears are saying this. But these are actually people that cover the NFL that say it could get up to a first, um, which seems insane for a guy who we don't know if he's really a first-round quarterback or not. That would be unreal. If you give up a first for Justin Fields, I don't care where the first is. Yeah. That just seems that just seems insane. Well, I think you hit it yesterday. I could see it more likely. Okay, a second this year or you know, and maybe a, another second or a conditional on how many starts he makes kind of thing, right? It, it first seems really hefty to me. Second round pick I could see, but that but yeah, that second if you're going to give up a, a pick next year, it has to be has to be conditional. Yeah, you got. It's got to be based on performance. Got to be based on starts. It's got to be based on you know the, he's going to be part of your future, right? I mean, you're not you're not giving up a second pick for a guy that's going to be one and done. I mean, even the Commanders wouldn't do something that stupid. No. <laughs> when when Dan Snyder was running the team, although for a while there was touch and go with Wentz until he got the injury, <laughs> they would have had to go a whole year. Could you imagine that they'd have had to get two picks for that uh, guy? No, how awful that would have been. No. I mean, honestly, that finger injury was such a blessing. I, you know, it was such a saving thing. I mean, they totally saved them from the sea, you know, from a bigger disaster from themselves. You were going to say from themselves. Well, and them you too. Been right. Yeah. Well, and then yet Rivera made sure that, you know, he doubled down on the stupidity by putting him back out on the field for that Browns weekend, just to get, make sure they didn't make the playoffs. But again, maybe a blessing in disguise as well. All well, right. remember, he didn't know they could be eliminated. Well, that's remember. true. He wasn't sure about the elimination. Remember. Oh, boy. 757-687-9494. Let's get to Williamsburg. Bill, what's happening? Hey, Scott. Hey, who says uh, cheaters don't uh, win, you know, progress? Uh, look at Harbaugh. He got a really good contract and everything. And he's he may, uh, who knows how good a system he's going to have over there for San Diego to have an advantage. Uh, in the NFL now, compared to Michigan having the advantage, you know I'm an Ohio State fan, and and I, I uh, have pride in Ohio State not cheating, and uh, I like to think that um, those wins they've had in the past, Michigan over Ohio State, now they got to be a little suspect too, and of course the referees uh, took two of their took their two of their big games away from them, but um, Skippy, I just want to let you know, you know a lot of people are feeling bad about Skippy with his T-shirts. Uh, he got a lot of got a lot of people calling. Uh, him, I guess, on his uh, little cell phone thing, and he he's got that T-shirt that said "I'm a Purdy cat" uh, for Brock Purdy, and that then that's not going to go anywhere. So he changed it to just put it on there. I'm a perfect cat, and then he's going to send that one out. He's going to sell that one, and on the back it's going to say his old line that he came up with: uh, "Cat lives matter, uh, especially the ninth life." So he's got those T-shirts going, and they're they're working pretty well. So I just want to make sure that you know everybody understood that he's uh, he he didn't waste his money on those T-shirts. Well, again, you can always sell. Th- thank you for the call, Bill. You can always sell those T-shirts or send them over to you know an impoverished country, uh, as they do with the Super Bowl T-shirts. Because remember, they make two sets. They had the Super Bowl That's champion right, 49ers. Yep. You could always have Skippy send those cat T-shirts over to an impoverished country, especially where they have like maybe like feral cats, right? Like that don't have the ability <laughs> to go to a T-shirt shop for cats like your cat is making for them. Try putting one of those on a lion, maybe? Yeah, right, right. Tiger or right, something? Right, right, right. That might make sense. Um, hey, man, you know, since it is you know the beginning of NASCAR season with the Daytona 500, uh, I, I think it was the great Ricky Bobby said, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. So 
Or maybe somebody else said that. I, I wonder if he takes pride in that Sharon Moore victory by Michigan over the Buck. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, Jim Harbaugh, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. In the, in the NFL, there will... Uh, there will never be any cheating. I mean, nobody does anything, you know, uh, off outside the lines or anything. And certainly, cheating never pays off. See Bill Belichick's career. There's, there's never there, that never pays off. And we know that everybody's hands are clean in college football. Oh, everybody. Aside from you know, like a couple programs. Yeah, like, no, nobody's ever done anything. No, wrong, no, no, you know. no, no. There was never any cheating just in saying. college football until just now. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Let's get to Ali in Norfolk. What's up, Ali? Hey guys, how y'all doing, man? Good, man. Hey man, I wanted to you know talk about my uh, now. Now I, I've been a fan of this team, and they haven't let me down in thirty years. So I, 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 you know, I, I'm happy about them. Uh, my UConn Husky, you know, the yeah. men. The, 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 um, I feel like looking at them, they could be better than last year because that defense a lot. is absolutely suffocating. Yeah, suffocating. And I, I think, I mean, I, at first I was like, oh, I don't know, they could repeat. But I'm looking at them. They can shoot from anywhere. Uh, they have size. They have, they have everything you need. And they have a coach that, you know, even though they're playing um, like a DePaul, he wants the best out of them. I think I think they can do it. I really do. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be a one seed, right? I mean, they, they're in a great yeah. spot. I mean, which is half the battle is getting the, getting the seating right. I mean, it's been – who was the last – was it Duke, the last back-to-back? Is it that long ago? Florida, Florida. Flor- oh, no, yeah, yeah, that was more recent. Yeah, what I'm talking about with uh, Joachim Noah and that yeah. crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's been, what, 20 years? 20- God, is it Oof. that long? Uh, oh, no, my God. Uh, 06, 06, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Almost 20 years. Yeah, so, That's scary. But I, I, just, I know this team is not going to let me down. I think, I think, I think really feel like uh, they could do it. And, um, I mean, just, just watching them, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for tomorrow's game against Marquette. I think that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, because Shaka will have them ready, and I, I think Tim laid this out nicely before. They they play really well as underdogs. All his teams have always. He's done a really good job getting his guys up. So I could see that being a, a real, uh, real good challenge, you know, for them. And um, you're right. I mean, it, it's just hard to believe. God, when you said that, Florida, you're right. It's oh six oh seven. That's forever ago. Because because Villanova was you know close they had the two and three and then the th- you know they but they didn't never went the back to back over that period of time anyway it's been a long yeah, time man. since we've seen that it'd be cool I mean it'd be cool to see somebody make a run at it yeah, they they definitely are poised for it um, as far as you know this setup and they're they're going to be a one seed I mean it would take a, a major yeah, collapse I mean take a major yeah. collapse which isn't going to happen they don't have enough of those kind of games no. left but yeah they're going to be a one so I mean that's half I mean that's half of it. All right. Well, look, man, you got guys have a great weekend. All right. You too, Ollie. Appreciate it, man. All right. All right. Uh, 757-687-9494. I think the last one, Lenardi has them playing opener in, um, in New York and Brooklyn. They play in Boston uh, in the East region. The East region's Boston. Uh, was it Midwest is Detroit? And L.A. is west, obviously, and uh, not Houston. Dallas. Dallas is the, is the south region. So those are all your regions this year. But yeah, I mean they, yeah, I mean UConn, they got as good a chance as any. I did see. I think the most recent, one of the most recent one has Virginia as a potential second round matchup with them. Oh, that would UConn. be huge. Because Virginia's kind of in that eight nine range now. We'll talk more about this coming up with uh, Patrick Stevens at five when we go through UVA's. I think UVA's they don't have a problem. Virginia Tech's got some work to do. 
I don't know if there's enough games left. I mean, there is enough games left, but I don't know if there's enough wins left on the schedule for them to get themselves into this thing. But, you know, it's it's possible. It's not done done yet, but it's going to be a little challenging. And I'm also curious to find out from uh, Patrick about really how the Mountain West has done what all the other mid-major conferences wish they could do, which right? is kind of beat the system, right? Because this is such a big boy power five setup for you know to reward each other like it's supposed to just reward um the haves right like this is how this this world is set up with the net rating now but somehow some way (laughs) the mountain west has figured it out it's got to be killing some i mean they're gonna probably they're gonna have more teams than the acc barring like a big upset of the acc tournament they're gonna have more teams than the acc they're gonna have more teams than the big east they're gonna have more than the pac 12 and it's going to drive some people nuts. And they're going to they're going to tear them down and want to do like they, you know, remember how mad everybody was when George Mason got in and uh-huh. you know, the VCU and I mean it's it's going to be one of those kind of things again. But the Mountain West is probably have six teams in. As many as the Big 10. Think about that for a minute. That'll go over real well. It's going to go over great. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. It's a bad time to be uh, somebody making sports uh, performance-enhancing drugs. We'll tell you why next here. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio. 94.1, we are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. We'll talk some um, bracketology coming up at the top of the hour. Patrick Stevens, Washington Post, is going to join us to do that. Also want to get into uh, all-time dunkers in the next hour with the uh, dunk competition this weekend and three-point and all that other stuff going on. Uh, well, th- it's bad news. I mean, you know, look, the, the sports world, James, as you know, had been cracking down very hard on performance-enhancing drugs and violators. But you know performance-enhancing drugs have lost their ability to really help you when Jimmy Garoppolo is getting popped. Oh, him. yeah. I mean, oh, that, if yeah. there was ever something to say that we have jumped the shark on PEDs, it's Jimmy Garoppolo was using PEDs, and that's what you got from him. I mean, clearly, these things don't do the job anymore. Much like I felt like when Dana Stubblefield was hit with them back in the 90s, that this was going to be the end of Balco, which it was at that time. But now I'm seeing that Jimmy G suspended two games for violation of the performance-enhancing uh, drug policy. Apparently, he was using a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use for the exemption from the league. But clearly, whatever this was, it can't be classified as a performance enhancer. No. I mean, there was nothing about this guy's play with the Raiders that said performance-enhancing drugs. I mean, there really was nothing. So he's allowed to have the off-season activities, training camps, etc., but once the regular season begins, he'll be barred from team activities for those two weeks because of the suspension. Now... Once the Raiders, they're not going to keep him, right? They're, no, they're there's cut no him. way. He signed a three-year 72.75 deal that included 33.75 guaranteed in March. But he's not going to make it to March, right? This was an old general manager, James Ziegler. Uh, it was Josh McDaniels. Uh, of course, to- wholly different front office. Now, Tom Telesco is there with Antonio Pierce, who took over as the interim, who did not play Jimmy G. So this isn't going to happen. So this is a guy who's going to be on the free agent market at 32 years old, a history of injuries, and a history of being May, if you will, and then now a two-game suspension for using PEDs that clearly weren't even good PEDs. I mean, that's the other thing. Quarterbacks are supposed to be the smart guys in the team. Like, dude, if you're going to do PEDs, man, do Barry Bonds. You know what I mean? I mean, be Mark McGuire. You know, really take it up a notch. 
But no, whatever Jimmy D did, Jimmy G did, easy for me to say, Jimmy G did, wow, it's hard to say, uh, was not a performance enhancer at all. A performance dehancer, perhaps. <laughs> Clearly. All right, so you got an update on Tiger Woods. We'll get to uh, in the update coming up. And um, we will get to some college hoops coming up the other side and some um, dunking uh, as well in the next hour with you. And uh, gearheads, you'll want to hear us at 6. Uh, Davey Siegel's going to join us from NASCAR Radio on Sirius XM to break down the Daytona 500 with us, which, of course, is this weekend, the old Super Bowl racing. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Uh, the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. James with the Major Sports Center. 